Hey, what's going on? Greetings, have a good day, and welcome to the special draft edition of Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fairservice. Uh, we're here talking about the MLB draft. We have all the prospect insight. <laughs> we got our big board here at Bad Headquarters. Uh, it is going to be a draft extravaganza. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. Uh, joining me as always, uh, Old Reliable. Oh, yeah, Old Reliable. Mr. James Stone, Stone, how are you? I'm well. Uh, yeah, draft day. Yeah. Draft day. Hindsight. <laughs> first guessing about guys we have no clue about. I'm not here to first guess. No, yeah. Second guess, sure. That but might be nice. Sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll second you don't guess. even need a second guess. Sometimes it's just like you look at things. Sometimes things work out. Sometimes things don't. Um, it's not a very satisfying way to look at the world, but yeah, I don't know. A lot of breathless draft coverage, maybe not as much as there used to be. Certainly not for the Jays people, uh, cause the team is actually good on the field some nights. That is a big, that's a big thing. <laughs> the having, having a team that like living for today is, uh, is big in terms of its ability to knock the draft stuff aside. I think the drafting is it's also kind of mainstreamed a little bit. It's true. Like there's a yeah. lot more main like big time coverage of the draft where maybe earlier years ago there wasn't. Yeah, MLB network doing fourteen full hours or however the fuck long it's gonna take to get through these first couple of rounds or you know all the way till the start of the second round technically. It's all content, right? I mean it's, it's the MLB draft is never gonna be the same size and shape of the other sports, but it will, uh, you know, there's just more attention as college baseball sort of rises and it's, and it's the way that it's covered, the way that people watch it a little bit. Whatever. Well, so we're going to talk about the draft. We're going to talk about uh, what's been going on recently. They were playing quite well for a little while there. Yeah, they sure were. They still kind nice. of are. Yeah. Results didn't really come... Uh... In the game that we were watching, you know, just before we went on air here. Well, that's why we're going to talk about the draft, because we don't want to talk about the way that that game ended. Yeah. I think you warned, though, last week. Uh, you threatened to talk about something, and now we've had one more week. Oh, yeah, no, that we're going to talk about that. I think we might end up having to talk about that. We're definitely going to have to talk about that. Before we talk about any of those things, we'll talk about uh, the show that you're listening to, Birds All Day, which you can subscribe to on iTunes. You can rate and review it when you go to subscribe to it, and that helps us out. And we're really appreciative of everyone who already has done that, and anyone who would potentially do that in the future. Uh, beyond iTunes, you can get it uh, on Podbean, and there's an RSS feed for all of your great uh, pod-catching needs. It's in Google now as well. Google the Google for, Music yeah, Store? somebody asked about that. Apparently you have to submit it. Apparently Google just doesn't find it. You have to actually submit it. That seems very unlike Google. Yeah. In their omnipotent, <laughs> omnipresent way. So it really goes against brand, but uh, <laughs> but such as it is. Uh, I guess you have to do the same for iTunes. Anyway, it's on there. And we do appreciate the uh, the rights, the reviews. We more appreciate when you give us actual money, though. Yeah, we do appreciate it. If you head over to <laughs> patreon.com slash birds all day and you can help support our Patreon-powered uh, podcast. Uh, helps... Keep us going and helps uh, keeps us honest. Quite frankly, yeah, uh, it's great. So we are very appreciative to everyone who has pledged uh, or patron patronized or just supported us in any way over the last year and a bit. And uh, we're happy to keep going. And we are uh, plugging away. Yeah, here we are. We're, we're getting close, we're getting close to the big one. 
<laughs> we sure are. We're getting close to the big one. That's nice. Uh, <laughs> uh, yesterday in San Francisco, <laughs> the biggest home run in ball in that history of that ballpark. <laughs> Splash hit number sixty nine. Uh, so yeah, we'll talk about all the other baseball stuff, the things that are going on with the Jays. That it's weird. I don't know. It's hard to describe the way that this team is sort of been this year it's just other than well yeah i was gonna say other than bad like a fucking asshole but no they haven't been bad because they have been the opposite of bad yeah. they've been fine yeah they're right in the thick of it they sure are no one's running away to hide because none of the teams are standouts in the division in which they play so we're gonna talk about all that and and so much so much more on this edition of birds all day So before we get to talking about actual baseball, we will talk about the draft a little bit. Oh, we will. Yeah, let's talk about the draft. Okay, sure. You you compiled you uh, you curated some content. <laughs> I sure did on the first round. Aggregated. Draft yeah. At UDEF, there was some aggregation of what's his name, TJ Zoik. Zoik. Yeah. Big right hander, Big Zed. Big right hander, Big Big Zed. <laughs> uh, Midland Strong, I think, is what his thing said. Midland Fam. Midland Fam. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Pen, I'm more, if he was representing Penetang, then I would get down with that. Uh, I don't know. What do yeah. we know? Nothing? He's a guy that they drafted. He's I don't a college know. pitcher People from are, Pitt. Yeah. So I think someone on the TV is like, oh, Brandon McCarthy, Adam Wainwright. It's like, okay. Jesse Jesse Barfield dropped the, the Adam Wainwright. I, th- I think Zoic himself said on his conference call with reporters, you know, that's that's the guy he would like to emulate. It's like, well, Sure. Well, why not? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm glad he doesn't want to emulate someone shitty, but <laughs> I don't think that means anything like this is going to become Adam Wayne, right? We all know this, right? I don't know, but there's things to like. 6-7, throws in the low to mid-90s. They like the downhill plane because, you know, height sometimes does measure hard. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and apparently is a bunch of secondary stuff, which sometimes looks really good and sometimes not so much. And also the, the one thing... You know, because it's just such a fucking, you know, love fest, suck off thing, the, these draft things, you know, watch it. Any, every sport, not just this one. Uh, you know, he's the next Larry Robinson, which probably wouldn't be good for the Jays. Um, <laughs> but but uh, the, one, the one negative thing was, uh, you know, he's going to take a little bit more time than most college pitchers. He's a little younger. Uh, and then the ESPN capsule said... Uh, he has no way to get left-handers out right now. He cannot get left-handers out, or he wouldn't be able to at advanced levels. So that's something perhaps is that they'll a, need is to that work on. For big league pitchers? <laughs> the amazing thing is, you know, this is the top of the draft, too. They got, not, they got like 50 more rounds. Maybe let's not throw the Adam that. Wainwright comp down <laughs> on the guy with like a fringy breaking ball. Like, oh, you can kind of spin it in there sometimes. Yeah. I think it's, I don't know if it's more physical, like that's how he looks or the the angles and he looks Whatever. He's a guy. It's nice. Hey, you got someone in your system now. You got, a, you got another prospect in the system, assuming he signs, which it sounds like is not going to be an issue. My thing is, is that... Now this is how you... Tra- he's the next Connor Green. You trade Connor Green now. Oh, you can trade Connor Green now. Oh, yeah. Get the get Sheen Boy out of the fucking organization as fast as possible. Yeah. 
Just done with that already, huh? I don't know. Is that Mark heard, Osborne? Anyway. I heard they didn't like him, that's all. That's I heard they were a little concerned with some of the... Uh, the makeup? The, yeah, the, the stage makeup. Uh, but, you know, I don't know. He's it's, a kid, so who the hell knows? I know. He's a kid. He has a kid who has a beard. Uh, it's getting weird for me now. <laughs> yeah? Because the beards? Well, on the kids? Because he, he looks like a baby. He looks like an actual child mm-hmm. with, with like who, who penciled in a beard with, with <laughs> someone's eyeliner pencil. He, uh, looks also, like, he looks like two two kids standing on top of each other in an overcoat. Or is it three kids? I don't he know. has that straight up adultman <laughs> vibe. Uh, I think that I was, I'm old, I'm older, I was, when he was born, I'm old, I was older than he is now. I think we're getting into that stage of, of right thing, which is no good. Which is no good at all. Yeah. It's already weird enough. Yeah. That we spend so much time talking about these, like, la- actual literal children. They, a little like, bit. Ma- he's, he's, he's 20, he's almost not a child. That's a child! <laughs> He's at an age where anything that he does will be explained away by his youth. Well, he's only 20 years old, which happens a lot. Not too young to go fight and die, man. On a lie. Go die in the (laughs) desert on a lie. So, I don't know. They've still got other picks. They... The Jays have a much smaller bonus pool, I guess, this year because they won more games last year. Yeah. Than usual. And more reason to not pay attention to the draft. Which I did not until literally today. I don't. I don't know that I. I, I tweeted during. Uh, tweeted on my not on my drive over here. Not that I would never have done that. But no, basically, certainly not tonight. The Blue Jays face the Orioles, and Dylan Bundy pitched in relief, middle relief. He came in with the, with the team losing. I think he eventually ended up with the with the win. Oh, were the Orioles behind in that game at some point? At some point, they were huh. behind in that game. A That's few different weird. points. Uh, Dylan Bundy is a middle reliever now, who is ha- of with exceedingly middling results this year. Not a lot of strikeouts, not a lot of walks. Uh, it is a, it is a nice sobering reminder of the draft because Dylan Bundy was as can't miss as can't miss can be. Not only as he was the best high school pitcher in ten years, he won. In 2011, when he was drafted out of mm-hmm. high school, he won every single award. Baseball America High School Player of the Year. USA Today High School Player of the Year. If you, if you are a place that made a list, he was at the top of it. He got a big league contract coming out of high school. He pitched in the big leagues in, in a year. Remember, he pitched in 2012 in the big leagues after he destroyed the minor leagues. Destroyed them. His mm-hmm. first go-round as a high school pitcher. So this is the thing to remember as we watch TJ Zoik make his way up. That Big Zed. Big Zed. Yeah. That Dylan Bundy, a high school pitcher, pitched in low A. Not even rookie ball. And he hitters were like 9 for 54 against him. <laughs> he had 40 strikeouts in 30 innings and allowed one unearned run. Middle and now reliever. he's a middle reliever. <laughs> yeah. A middle reliever who's out of options. Because he's on a big league contract when he came out of well, school. Well, yeah. But also, yeah, a middle reliever with middling results. Too. With middling results. Yeah. Because he got hurt. Because he got overworked in high oh, school. Do, do pitchers get hurt sometimes? It's just... Do pitchers get overworked in high school? You just never know. You that never, is true. It's, it's, to, point to, to point out that, just because apparently we're supposed to talk about Zoic, 
Uh, he's, I think he's an Ohio guy playing at Pitt. You know, the less mileage on the arm, they say, than the, you know, guys That's in, baloney. You know, they've all got mileage on their arms. Of course arm. they've all got mileage on their arms. I don't fucking know. He wouldn't be here. He wouldn't have gone to, I don't know. Did he? Was, was he ever drafted before? I don't know. Yeah, he was know drafted that. by the Royals uh, a couple of years ago. Didn't sign, went to Pitt. Thirty, you know, thirty-first round, one of those kind of guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just the draft is really hard. It's, I mean, I two thousand and was it two thousand eleven, two thousand ten draft? The Blue Jays had an amazing draft. Yeah, they drafted Noah Syndergaard. They drafted Aaron Sanchez. They drafted Dalton Pompey. They drafted Sean Nolan. These are all guys who pitched in the big leagues, of course. They drafted Chris Bryant in the eighth round. I think didn't sign him, of course. Was it the eighth? I thought it might have been later than that. It was. It was not as late as I thought. Huh. Uh, but it was still a guy. But he was—he was a guy they targeted. They drafted him. Yeah, couldn't get to, couldn't agree to, to a deal, and he signed. And he it was the right thing for him. So good for him. That's an amazing draft. That's a lot of talent to come out of mm-hmm. one draft. A lot of talent to come out of what was, you know, effectively the first round. I mean, you look at a team like the Yankees. They haven't had a first rounder like play regularly for the club. Yeah, in this decade, the the last. Padre, uh, there was a, a thing I saw on Twitter that was the last first round pick to contribute at least 10 wins above replacement for every team. The last Padre to do it was drafted in 1997. I think it might have been like Phil Plantier or something like that. <laughs> the crazy. Jays guy, the that last Jay to con- draft in the first round to contribute 10 wins was Aaron Hill. So, I mean, it's like, yeah. it's an inexact science. None, it, it's... J.P. Arancibia and Ricky Romero, though, they got close. Yeah, Romero was a 12-round guy, but he was drafted after Aaron Hill. Remember? Because of Aaron Hill's and Ross Adams got drafted. That's why they drafted Ricky Romero and not Troy Tulowitzki. Right. That really good draft year that the Jays had, they completely bricked on the first pick because they chose Dick McGuire instead of <laughs> Chris Sale. Yeah. Well, Sale was gonna be was gonna have to be a reliever with that. Fucking set up. Obviously going to get hurt. Yeah. Not ever become an unhittable <laughs> monster. Yeah. You just you just gotta you take those L's. You gotta take the L and hope that one day you get you get the W's out of it because that that's a good draft and yeah and and Syndergaard obviously turned into something else when they they used him as a chip to improve the team. Um, it's almost yeah. It's just I mean they're just they're at such. A spot on the progression that yeah it's crazy i mean even you know post draft you know look at the jays roster is littered with great players who bounced around you know batista donaldson edwin you know they have kevin pilar getting value out of the 30 whatever round that he was selected in you know it's value well <laughs> five win player five win player but then you look at the red sox Can't fucking hit them. the red sox are just littered with homegrown talent in a way that makes me want to burn down a school. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Even Hanley. God damn, I hate them. Uh, yeah. Anything else about the draft? We don't know. They haven't picked anybody else yet. Yeah, that's, I mean, that'll be sometime. Between now next and Wednesday afternoon. I mean, well, they have, they have the 70th pick or something like that? They have, I think, uh, 57 and 66, something like that. Oh, yeah, 66, that's right. Um yeah, fuck. I think the I think the picks don't have as much time in between them once mm-hmm. you get past the first round. I hope to God because those poor people having to sit there through this fucking snore fest just my heart goes out to them. I can't imagine having to do it. Uh but then you think about like 
one more thing about the draft. Max Pentecost is the guy who's playing again. Yeah. Right? This is the guy that almost went as compensation for an executive. We don't know how close that really was. Rumored. Yeah. And now he's back playing, which is good for him. Uh, the other thing I want to say about the draft is that it's a kind of criminal that these guys basically are. That now, after today, they are sold yeah. as indentured servitude <laughs> yeah. to the team for 10 years. The Dylan Bundy, for example, who is now out of options, who is now injury derails his career, couldn't get this big deal that he would have earned as an incredibly valuable yeah. play, person, talent, Coming into the draft, offering, yeah. his, offering his uh, wares to whomever will is willing to pay. And it's going to negatively impact him for the rest of his life, potentially. Well, he should have been in the Union before he was before they eligible sold him down to be the in river. the Union. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, the draft is... I'm not... Uh, I, I would never pretend to have any to know anything about it or have strong opinions about it. Just hope that it works out. Just hope that you your team drafts the kid from New Jersey that nobody is concerned about. Or people are concerned about who he plays against. Yeah. I mean, it's... <laughs> It's even doubly boring because, I mean, the way I sort of set it up when I did my primer of primers uh, this afternoon was, you know, oh, maybe it's going to reveal a little insight into into how the front office works. Uh, but no, they just did the baseball team thing and took the tall pitcher. Yeah. Took the, they, uh, there's a lot of people that believe that a lot of these teams, these guys have deals worked out well in advance. Mm. Like, there's a lot of knowledge. Like, yeah, they're yeah. probably going to pick him. The Yankees thing with this Blake Rutherford, apparently they that was a kind of done deal. There was some talk about high school pitchers, high school players trying to move down. Yeah, I saw that. To get to bigger teams, a bigger pool. I don't know. Because, I mean, because, again, it's, it's like, I think there's a lot of just talking out of school. Cal Quantrill apparently signed a, a below-slot deal with the Padres. So if word gets around that Quantrill's going to sign for under-slot, Somebody else is like, well, I'm going to move down. I want the Padres to take me. Yeah. Because they're going to have more money in their bonus pool. And I think the Padres had, did they have 8 and 24 or something like that? They had a couple picks early. Maybe mm-hmm. more, maybe another one even. Um, Lord knows they need all the help they can get. Yeah, it's weird that they would go ahead with the draft considering the fact that they're going to be contracted. <laughs> uh, as soon as we finish this, I'm going to go file the paperwork to contract the Padres. Uh, so... Because this is a podcast about a baseball team, we can't actually talk about things that are good. Actually, no, we will. We'll start out with the the, the decent run of play. Mm-hmm. Uh, the note I made here is that they're just sort of chugging along. You wouldn't know that from the Twitter, but yeah. I don't know. Sometimes well, it doesn't they work. Five or six series in a row? Yeah. And then they lost two or three to the Tigers. Yeah, really should have won two of three with, of the against the Tigers. They got housed the one time. The Sanchez game was... Unfortunate in the way that it ended. Indeed, it was. Let it... Roberto Osuna kind of getting uh, grounded to dust a little bit. I don't. I don't know if that's really the He's thing. He's pitching a lot. He is pitching a lot. But I, you know, I looked at it. Somebody was complaining about that. This was a couple weeks ago. I don't know what he's gone since then. You know, he threw a lot of pitches in, in the Detroit game, especially, mm-hmm. um, and it has done that a couple of times. But I, I remember looking at it and being like, "Oh, two months through the season, he has twenty innings." like okay that's really not a guy who's you know getting destroyed out there mm. uh, you know I, I what can you what can you say about any of that stuff except Roberto Osuna's really good you gotta go to him you can't fault Osuna, Osuna he's gonna have he's gonna have games like that 
you know, the margin for error is so thin sometimes that uh, that you wouldn't notice these things as much as maybe you do. Can't fault Gibbons for going to him, though I know people don't like Gibbons leaving his starters in too long. Uh, conversely, people were concerned about him not getting Strowman out of there quickly enough. You tonight. can't, you can't win, right? No, exactly. Especially because you are making these complaints with the benefit of knowing what has just happened, right? Like with the. Yeah. Like when Sanchez, Sanchez was basically going batter to batter, right? He, did you leave Sanchez in too long? It's like he's cruising. He's completely yeah, cruising. Yeah, I mean, there's no way he couldn't. I think, what was he at, 93 pitches and a shutout? And, you know, obviously he's going to go stick with Sanchez there. Also, he's seen what his bullpen is like. Yeah. You know, I think Scott MacArthur tweeted, you know, to all the people who are tweeting in my timeline about Gibbons having to get Stroman out of there, please, you know, take note, Pat Venditti's warming up. Mm-hmm. Like... Really? That's that's gonna be your solution? Like that's where it's at, right? It's uh, the building the bullpen on the fly thing, which uh, which is a sort of smart idea for teams on the cheap, uh, doesn't always yield the results you're hoping for. It, there are many broken eggs yeah, in the exactly. wake of a quality exactly. omelet. <laughs> um. I want to talk. We'll talk a little bit about Roberto soon. I have that down as like a thing for a bit later on, but we can t- do it now. Sure. And here's the thing with with you have Roberto notes. Soon. You, have a, you have a you have a timeline, a, uh, an outline, somehow. A little bit. All right. I have it says Battle soon a question mark because a little there's a little bit of wondering in my timeline, like oh, why didn't they? You know, some people wanted to walk Chris Davis and being like oh it sucks and he's made a bad. I'm because I said he made one bad pitch. Yeah. The absolutely. second pitch he threw to Kim. Yeah, Hyunsu Kim was brutal. <laughs> was on like the I don't know on the Orioles track, right? It has the quadrants. It was it the was, deadest dead center pitch yeah, you've it's, ever it's seen. Set him to nine, like, like it was three like, by three. Yeah, and it, but it was ninety-one miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah uh, it was. I don't know if it was like a weird slider that just sort of <laughs> spun, but it was thrown really hard. But it was if you were going for a bullseye on that machine, mm-hmm. that was it. I saw some people wondering about. Against Kim, it was odd that the uh, Kim, who's uh, been amazing for the Orioles, mm-hmm. uh, a real like spray hitter kind of gaps guy, not a lot of power. Like why not bust him inside, especially if you throw as hard as Osuna does? But that was not a good pitch. And then the next pitch was like a total. The next batter did hit a chopper to the shortstop that moved the runner up. Yeah, and Davis then Chris Davis hit like a not especially not especially hard to hit ball, not especially deep center field. Deep enough to score a fast runner against Kevin Pillar, who's really good at catching fly balls and not necessarily great at throwing them. He is not. Uh, and then that's it. That's a run. And that's 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 the nature of the job. And it's like the same thing in Detroit, where Miguel Cabrera, one of the best right-handed hitters yeah. ever, literally ever, like in the history of baseball. <laughs> yeah, he's so good. He is insane. Yeah. He is he is like a tell your grandparent grandchildren that you watched him play kind of player like hall of famer and he rode a, a outside not you know just above the knees fastball from that's like 96 miles an hour from <laughs> and he hit off the right center field fence because he's miguel fucking cabrera yeah that's what happens <laughs> but that's that's the thing yeah. is that's what happens but that's his job that's that's the job of osuna and uh, as the closer as the capital b best pitcher in the bullpen that for a team that's not scoring a lot of runs right now Playing a lot of tight games, you these are the things that are asked of him. 
Mm -hmm. And it's easy for us to make excuses for him because he is pitching well and he does look good. And he's been such a, like, remarkable big leaguer for the entire time he's been up. Like, you know, top 10 reliever in all of baseball. Top 10 reliever as good as, as, <laughs> as good as fourth among the Yankees. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, but it's a real, it, it can be a really difficult job. And it's easy to get saved when you get a three-run lead, but coming in and, and and having to not only get Chris Davis out, but get him out in a, in a highly specific way yeah. is hard. It sure is. And, you know, it's not getting a lot of save opportunities with three-run cushions. Yeah, either. not getting a lot of save opportunities, not get, and having no margin of error Yeah, because it's a tie game, because, you know, Aaron Loop is not a particularly strong pitcher. Even though he is, right? He throws 93 miles an hour. He's left-handed, but I don't know. It's yeah, just... the loop thing. Brett Cecil cannot come back fast enough. Yeah. it's It just it sucks because, I mean, you look at some of the loop, loops numbers, the underlying numbers, and he's, you know, he's pretty all right. But that's, and it just feels like But that's disaster. the thing with relievers, yeah. right? That's, and that goes back to what we're talking about with Osuna, where, like, everything about Osuna looks great. Uh, but a couple of bad outings, and that's what you remember because his job is just to get those outs. Yeah, and I mean they can't all be. Not everyone is Zach. You know, I mean, look around the division, right? Zach Britton is is a freak. Mm-hmm. They got Chapman. Miller is the best reliever in baseball right now. Andrew Miller is a complete monster. Even Dylan Batances, who who every time you see him pitch, you don't know how do, how does anyone ever hit, hit him? Yeah. He's given up runs in like four straight appearances. It's, yeah, being a reliever is hard. All your numbers and everything can go out, not go out the window because you think like, yeah, be good and good things will happen to you. But sometimes you just don't get the right outs in the right order, and sometimes you don't get make the you make an imperfect pitch, and you get a very imperfect outcome. It's fu- it's funny too, you know, just how we react to it and how people because we just saw you know we just saw the Jays get runs off Batances, and it's like that's crazy. We just saw Koji and well, I mean Koji this year maybe. That's not such a big deal. But Kimbrell, you know, getting runs off these guys, you know, seeing before our very eyes how difficult it is, even when you're the most locked down of locked down guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet it becomes hard to cut people slack sometimes. Uh, but it's, I mean, it sucks to lose. It sucks to, you know, watch a game for that long, watch a game that they were up 4 1, watch a game, you know, the Sanchez game where he's just cruising and see it all fucking spin apart at the end. I mean,. Fucking we shitty. should talk about Sanchez because they've been playing well for a while and they've had again they just Jay Happ has a bad start but then Estrada comes back and is a, is great again Dickey who is basic Dickey and Stroman have basically the identical numbers this year <laughs> yeah uh, it's which is kind of eerie terrifying uh, but Aaron Sanchez of course not enough is probably going to be said on this show about him mm. uh, because he's been ridiculous. Yeah, I assume you read the Jeff Sullivan piece on it. Was looking at, uh, you know, how he's an ace and looking at, at guys who, uh, who've made the jump from uh, the percentage of strikes that he was throwing last year to the percentage of strikes that he's throwing this year, uh, and how well that bodes. And looking at how he's pitched this year, I think he compared him to, uh, to you know, you know, sinker ballers, you know, a certain percent of ground balls. Certain like FIP minus that he has, which obviously is you know elite right now, so it doesn't maybe doesn't maybe predictive or anything like that. But was coming up with seasons of Tim Hudson, Roy Halladay, uh, Brandon Webb, guys like that. And it's like yeah, he's kind of been 
one of them kind of guys, really, which is crazy. He's been, uh, I've said a few times, like everything that we sort of dreamed on Marcus Stroman, Aaron Sanchez has been, you know, he's been the ground ball guy. He's got the strikeouts going up. Uh, you know, he obviously does it in a bit of a different way, but, uh, but yeah, he's the guy that, that, uh, he's realizing the talent that the Jays saw in him those many, many years ago when they drafted him and when they kept him at opportunities where they probably could have traded him one in particular, uh, I think people would think about, uh, he's making good on it. And it's, uh, it doesn't feel like it's a fluke, right? Like, it doesn't feel like it's just... You think it feels like it's a fluke? I don't think it feels like it's a fluke. But I am in no way wanting to... If the command stays there, I mean, what else... What else he's, he's really, really good if the command he's stays really, there. He's really, really good if the command stays there. And, and I think that Sullivan makes a lot of great points. Uh, the fact that it's just... It's it's clicked for him. In, and if it is because of his body, because he worked on... Adding all that muscle and being able man. to it's confidence. Well, yeah, um, yeah, it's confidence. <laughs> but the fact that he's destroying way more strikes is great. But then you look at some of the names on the list of guys who are top ten strike rate improvers. Oh, that, that list, list. I specifically did not bring up those. That's, names. But uh, it, it, it's, it's important because that's yeah. that's that is the number one difference. Right? Yes. He's throwing strikes. He's getting ahead. He's got that crazy stuff. He throws so hard. He can use that two seamer all over the zone, and he <laughs> can th- even throw it up, and people can still swing through it. But some of the names on the list are like Phil Hughes, Randall Delgado, Carlos Silva, Don, Don Willis. Willis was the one that stood out. To Guys me, who yeah. who had a nice little run for a while there. But that, this was not at that part of the of the oh, Don Willis experience. That, yeah. no. <laughs> These are guys that gave a lot of those gains back. Mm-hmm. That's but not that's not a concern of mine. That's just something that to bear in mind. Right. Mostly defending my like he's a reliever thing from earlier <laughs> this year because I because it's. For him to be able to do this with only throwing two pitches, because he never throws his changeup, he'll show it a couple times here and there. But you don't need it, as uh, you don't as, need it, as Miguel says. If you Mickey throw it ninety-five says. miles an hour or ninety-seven miles an hour with that crazy curveball that he was throwing for strikes, it's great. You don't need anything else. But Aaron Sanchez is a big reason why the team is like hanging around for sure, hanging around when they're not scoring goals, hanging around when when uh, the bullpen is frightening. They've scored very few goals this year. Runs. Yeah. There was just a goal in the hockey game. Yeah. Uh, very few runs, and uh, <laughs> he deserves yeah. a lot of credit. He deserves a lot of credit for improving because it's hard to do. It's hard get, to get better. Getting that man weight. Well, see, I mean, it's the opposite of what we just talked about before. You don't necessarily get better when you get to do these. Often, you get worse. Yeah, it's great. You can strike everyone yeah. up. In fucking Oklahoma. There, Dylan Bundy. But when you're <laughs> Getting to double A AA and triple A, it's different. Miguel Cabrera is not in double A AA or triple A. No, he's not. Nor is, yeah. So, a lot of guys. Sanchez needs a lot of credit. Michael Saunders? God damn. He's been ridiculous. He's yeah. been ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> another guy, another guy not, not so valued in this corner, I think, uh, before the season. Uh, or in the, you know, it's. It, it's just it's a crazy game, you know. I mean, imagine if they trade for Jay Bruce. I'm thinking earlier, like, I'm, where is this team if Osuna last year doesn't just sort of not fall into their laps because they drafted and developed him? But what if they'd taken a more traditional path for him? What, what if he's still in the low minors they don't even consider? Where are they, you know? Yeah. Who, like, Sanchez, probably not in the rotation because they're desperate for him in the in the bullpen? I don't I don't even know. Does, la- like, last year goes completely differently. Jay Bruce... 
They trade Michael Saunders for him, which they had done, essentially, as far as we know. Uh, they are not very well off uh, for having, you know, if they make that trade. It's just, I don't know, it's just it's weird. It'll be interesting to see if Saunders can stay healthy, of course, because that's always a concern with him. Uh, the The whole department of high performance is about to get tested. <laughs> I think that's all they they say that Tulowitzki's coming back. Mm-hmm. Jose Bautista left tonight's game with some right thigh tightness. Mm-hmm. Whatever that means. For me, it means thinking you have muscular pain and then realizing that you have a huge bruise on <laughs> right. your leg because yeah. you took a pitch in the leg in your <laughs> in your Saturday rec league. Yeah, uh, but I, I don't think anyone I don't think anyone expected this from Saunders. No. Clearly not. I would imagine Saunders wouldn't have expected this from Saunders. He's been terrific. Justin Smoke's been really good too, like that. Justin Smoke's been like kind of coming back to earth. He has a bit, right? Not. I mean, well, he had wise. to from he had to from where he was at first. You know, when it was all strikeouts, all strikeouts, walks, or home runs. You know, uh, but no, it wasn't even. What was it? He like he had like no. He had no bat. No it was yeah, zero. No right? It was all That's home runs, was, walks, yeah. and strikeouts. Yeah. Three true outcomes. Yeah. To the to the nth degree. Uh, Russell Martin was looking better. Russell Martin over the last thirty days is like a almost been has been basically a league average hitter. Yeah, if you, uh, I imagine that if you looked at like a rolling, you know, x number of day sample of his batting average, for example, mm. uh, it would be trending in the right way. Oh, I shared that earlier uh, this morning on Twitter. Oh, actually, fifteen day rolling weighted runs created plus, and it's like way on the on the on the on the rise. Maybe I saw that, and that's why I said it. But I, I don't think you might have that. Been. Uh, maybe I retweeted it. Who the hell even knows? Uh, also, I mean, I looked at, uh, I was looking at his page on Baseball Savant today. Mm. Uh, you can very plainly see the neck injury in his exit velocity chart. Like oh, really? the, or the graph, you know, there are, there are three points at the time exactly that overlaps with the, the neck injury where he's, you know, exit, average exit velocity of like 85, you know, well below league average. Uh, and then the rest of the time it's been fine and trending up and... All the things that'll make Russell Martin a not complete fucking utter black hole at the bottom of the lineup, which he was for a not insignificant portion of this year so far. I went looking. There was a thing on uh, Baseball Perspectives today that uh, that Matthew uh, Trueblood wrote about the White Sox and how the White Sox have just kind of fallen apart, mm. and how they signed uh, Gianna Navarro and uh, somebody else, and they were like, oh, "Our catching is going to be okay," <laughs> right. and it's been terrible. And I went to look it up, and I was like, ah, yeah, everyone. So I, I was going to do like one of those, hey, everyone pining for Navarro. Look how bad he's been. So first I decided <laughs> I was going to compare him to to Tully, uh, which was not a good idea. No. Because Deion Navarro's been bad. He's waiting rated uh, runs created plus this year is about 60. Yeah. Which is really bad. Yeah. Uh, Josh Tully's <laughs> nine. Yeah. Nine. He's not good. Uh, also, Russell Martin's not sixty. No, it's not. But it's at least moving in that it's direction. In the right direction. Yes. But yeah, no. Uh, yeah, Josh Tolley is not good. Back backup catchers generally not good. Josh Tolley is, is uh, uh, on the low end of the backup catcher. Uh, hey, AJ uh, Jimenez, lighting it up in Buffalo. Wasn't that? Wasn't somebody asking us? Should he's lighting it up? Should call him up. Really, I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, I think somebody asked that. Three catchers uh, is definitely the way that you want to go. Oh, no, I think you'd have to get rid of one of them. I don't know. Get AJ in here. Why don't we he's just... Really, he's lighting up the Randy Wolf circuit down in Buffalo. 
Why I'm sure he'll be great. Why don't we just accept <laughs> that you need to have Josh Tolley around for as long as Ari Dickey's around? I, I can accept that. Ari Dickey. People don't think... I don't think people understand the need part of that sentence, though. But to realize... I mean, Martin did a nice job of catching him last year when he was asked to. Not like, not perfect or by any means, but... Uh, but yeah, you don't necessarily want Russell Martin getting beat the hell up, catching those knuckleballs every fifth day. Josh Tolley, you don't mind getting beat the hell up. I am beginning to formulate a, an opinion that is probably not going to be backed up necessarily by fact. I kind of glanced at it. No catchers can hit. This year, you've got like three catchers who are having good years. you got Jonathan Lucroy, who's having a great year. Wilson Ramos is having a pretty good year for the Nationals. Mm-hmm. And maybe one other guy. I would assume... I, I, I haven't, What's Posey up to? Is he hurt? He's not been great. No, really? He's not been great, uh, frankly. Because catching is really, really hard. <laughs> really hard. And now, when everyone throws a zillion miles an hour, and not only does everyone throw a zillion miles an hour, you catch five different guys a night, and they all throw 95 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. It's not like you get to catch the tail end of a Pat Henkin start when it's like, started at 91, <laughs> and now it's down to 88 by the time he's throwing 150 pitches. Yeah. You're catching yeah. Not 299 mile an hour pitches. <laughs> That's obviously an exaggeration, but uh, if you can hit and catch, you're a miracle. If you can catch and live, you're a miracle. I catch two innings a week and I'm like in a wheelchair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, catchers, it's a it's tough. It's a tough job. <laughs> Maybe you don't want to pay them $18 million a year, no matter how good they are. Or the other way, you pay them $30 million a year for the one good one. Anyway. I don't know. I'm worried. Yeah, you're worried about the contract, the the long-term contract to the mid-30s catcher? That's weird. 2015 was pretty great, though. Yeah, it was good. Um, should we move on? Any, any other, anyone else who's been great or good that you that we should uh, give our attention to? We don't, we don't have Josh Donaldson enough. We certainly don't. It's just, it's just there. It's just always there. Take I mean, you, we were reminded again of 2015, you know, against the Tigers there, going for the cycle, having a ridiculous day, uh, making ridiculous plays in the field too. You know, he's just so fucking good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think he'll be fine. Anybody else? Marco Estrada. We don't talk enough about him. No, but he's obviously fucking amazing somehow. He really is. Josh Donaldson, obviously not as good as last year, but he's still really good. He's still really good. Kevin Pillar, second on the team in uh, wins above replacement, by the way. Almost like that swollen, grotesque UZR <laughs> of his. Yeah. And he, he's the hell of an asset in the field. He really is. Uh, I, I wonder if... <laughs> I wish I didn't have to watch his plate appearances, but... His uh, numbers in the field are, are boosted by the fact that he's got... Yeah, uh, <laughs> two garden gnomes on either side I, of it. I think that might bone on might bone be and thing. Yeah, remember how, remember when Jose Bautista could throw? Oh my yeah, God. that gets me sad <laughs> every time I see him try to do it now. It's crazy. Darwin Barney's been improbably good at the plate. I'm gonna go ahead and say it's not necessarily a real. I think that's fair. Zeke as well is uh, a little bit inflated, I believe. Zeke, big Zeke. 
Yeah. Yeah. His. Yeah, I'm not gonna put yeah. a lot of stock in that one. Uh, Edmund uh, Garcia's been kind of not great this year. Yeah, I saw the. Other, I mean, I think they did it today on the field. Like he was the the beat writers. He made him the player of the month there in uh, in May. And I was like, really? Did Edwin have an okay May? He's got a lot of RBIs. Yeah. He has that going for him. I also am like, you know, did did the did they do a separate one for pitchers like? Like, what, did Marco Estrada disappear in May? Like, wasn't he fucking amazing? Anyway, I don't know. Maybe he definitely had twenty. He had twenty-five RBIs and seven home runs in May, which is much better than Michael Saunders. Michael Saunders somehow had. (laughs) (laughs) So RBIs are obviously a garbage team stat. Mm -hmm. Yet Michael Saunders somehow had five home runs and ten RBIs. (laughs) That sucks. (laughs) Justin Smoke had five home runs and nine RBIs. So did Josh Donaldson. That's bad. And and also, inexplicable. <laughs> yeah. You'd think you'd like accidentally drive in some extra runs. You would think that. Just not, yeah. Just not a lot of guys getting on base around them. Nobody's getting on at the right time. No situational no, awareness. Just no string and hits together the way they kind of were last time. Uh, last year. And, you know, the... Uh, Runners in scoring position thing. We get to talk about that every year. Situational baseball. Yeah. Every th- we can keep talking about it as long as John Gibbons is the manager. Because John Gibbons is inexplicably unable to manage a team to have a good one-run <laughs> record. It's true. It's it's very odd. This Pyth- like He's already always underperforming his Pythagorean record, I believe. Maybe last year changed that. I know what, midway mm-hmm. through the year... That that certainly was the case. Should we talk about the other thing? The last I think thing? we have to talk about that thing, yeah. Alright. We gotta talk about the last thing. Marcus Stroman sucks. <laughs> Went for it, eh? He doesn't suck. Yeah. He's really not pitching very well. <laughs> it's sad and scary and telling that my first thought is, well, it's a... Uh... You know, a couple innings before his last inning there tonight weren't so bad, you know. He had one really good inning. Yeah, guys are, you know, beating it in the carpet and, and whatnot. And uh, he, he may have had a strikeout in that uh, during that period as well. Uh, yeah, the hard contact is a bit of a thing. The not striking guys out doesn't help. I assume you have some thoughts like these. It just seems like he's given up a lot of hits. <laughs> That's, that this, is accurate. What I think we are seeing is the worst fears about what a five foot nine inch pitcher would be. Yeah. Are you measuring heart? Just just so just so we're clear. Are you using height to measure heart? No. I'm using a lack of plane. <laughs> yes. That prevents even like the dancingest of two seamers from getting off of barrels and bats. Uh, and even though he hasn't, I don't think he's given up too many home runs. Uh, no, I don't think he has. He's just getting hit. He is. He is. I looked at it last week. You know, we'll we'll see where it goes after this one, but. I think, you know, he was in the, at least the bottom third, probably worse than that in terms of the hard contact rate. Um, and I think I, I probably broke it down with some arbitrary endpoint as well. Though there were, you know, there were there were good pitchers in there. You know, guys have runs where ball just gets hit hard and, and 
uh, you can't explain it, but this does feel like something that, well, for one, the lack of plane <laughs> offers a, a rather interesting explanation, I think. Uh, and the fact that teams were scared off him so much offers, you know, an interesting explanation. But I, I mean, but you say that, or I say that, and it, it sounds like your uh, one is uh, suggesting that it's an unrecoverable tailspin. I think people on Twitter, I think Bob McCowan maybe, talking about bringing up the Ricky Romero thing. What with, Ricky Romero thing? The thing where Ricky Romero was really good and then sort of fell apart and was never the same again. And so naturally, Marcus Stroman has, has taken that mantle from Ricky, which is like, to me, did these people ever watch Ricky Romero pitch and watch Marcus Stroman pitch? These, Ricky these Romero very pitched different. until his knees were glue. Yeah. And he couldn't throw strikes anymore. Yeah. Very different. His he had Ricky Romero had that crazy cross where he kind of stepped across. And as soon as his body stopped, let him, stopped allowing him to do that effectively, because it was very unusual... He was done. But Ricky Romero was really good for a long time. Yeah. Dep- def- depending on your definition of long, but yeah. Yeah, like four good years. Some good years, yeah. I got no problem with that. You wish it would be more. Yeah, we, we all have a lot of time for Ricky Romero, yeah. I, I, it's just but a silly comparison. It is a silly My thing with, with, with the way that Marcus Stroman was pitched is obviously Marcus Stroman gets a pass because of who he is. Mm-hmm. From a lot of people. There's not a lot of oh, yeah. noise being made about him being... Oh, if, it, if Jay Happ was pitching the way Marcus Stroman is pitching, I think you'd hear a little bit more about it. R.I. Dickey is pitching the way Marcus Stroman is <laughs> pitching. And every time R.I. Dickey takes the mound, it's like a... An, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's uh, It's like his whole trial, his whole career is on trial. <laughs> yes. Every single time. Like, it's a, it's either this or that was a bad trip. Every, sing, mm-hmm. every single time R.I. Dickey takes the mound... Uh, like a guy who's a survivor, a guy who is, you know, very unusual, who's 40 years old, throwing 200 innings a year, wants to keep pitching. Every time it's like, well, they shouldn't have traded him for no Simmons. Yeah. Every time he takes them out. Yet Marcus Stroman is a joy, a ray of sunshine because he's a Snapchat. <laughs> yeah. The other thing with Marcus Stroman is that, it to me, is he is, and what we've seen from him this year, is, is the limits... To which the idea of a ground ball pitcher, as a, as a as merit, oh ground ball yeah. rate, it's great. And the pure the pure ground ball pitch, not not to contrast. You know, Aaron Sanchez isn't striking the world out, but a ground ball pitcher who's getting a, a little bit of strikeout. Compute that's all he's doing. You know, he wants to he wants nothing but to pitch to contact. Uh, Bill James has said a few times about. The idea of a, the ground ball pitchers being overrated, because the number of guys who are truly great at truly effective pitchers having skills beyond just he gets ground balls, because ground balls easily turn into hits, mm-hmm. and that's what we've seen with Marcus Stroman. Or the other thing with with ground ball pitchers is they give up a lot of home runs. Because if it's not a ground ball pitch, it's a center cut, thigh high <laughs> meatball. Sometimes I don't see how anyone can can watch Marcus Marco Estrada pitch and then out of the out with their that same breath be be like, well, Marcus Stroman's getting a lot of ground balls. Like this, <laughs> it's not gonna. It doesn't just like magically regress. They don't turn into outs because you want them to. Right. 
right? Getting guys to have bad timing, getting guys off of your your hittable pitches, getting guys to not solidly co- compact the baseball when they squish it and it's 100 <laughs> miles an hour off the bat, that's what is important with pitching. What Marco Estrada does is awesome. I keep saying Cliff Lee because he has command. Mm-hmm. Because he, you don't know what you're going to get. Strowman and Strowman with his, I think he's been really ineffective this year with his breaking balls, which allows him to get his tits lit. A little bit. Uh, I mean, even the Jays themselves, I don't know who was Gibbons. It must or it might have been Walker before mm-hmm. the before the game. You know, saying he's got to get on top of those breaking balls more. Got to get on top of that that sinker, the two seamer as well. Uh, yeah, the plan thing's a thing. Uh, it's but it's odd though, I suppose. These all these things sort of being the case, why it didn't happen sooner, or he hasn't hit more bumps like this. And, and, and people are getting around like where it gets around, right? Do you think that's what it is? Do you think that uh, that this is that? Uh, I think there are word is the book is out on him, and he's there. He's just going to get lit until he can, you know, get somehow magically get more playing on his pitches, or is it? I don't. I don't know, but I'm sure that would know. But yeah, that there's a growing book on what he is. Mm-hmm. There's a growing school of thought on how to attack him. By good hitters, and if he's unable to mess with their timing or show them a different look with an effective breaking ball that he can throw for strikes, mm-hmm. then it's just like, well, okay, you know what the two seam. Once you've seen it, I guess I'm guessing. Once you've seen what that two seamer looks like, you have a better expectation of what it's going to what it's going to do, and where it's going to go, mm-hmm. right? As opposed to having to stay a bit more honest because you know he could because again he throws so many pitches, but none of them are. It's not one that's like a real standout right now. Right. No, certainly not right now. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. And, and I mean, I think it's telling that in the spring he was, you know, doing the, the quick pitch thing and, and, and seeing these sorts of things in his game that uh, uh, needed to add that sort of dimension to his game, the timing, mixing timings up and stuff like that. But it's hard to do. It's hard to put that together uh, in the middle of a big league season. I mean, I think they were talking tonight about him Sort of simplifying a bit, you know, cutting it down <laughs> the number of uh, pitches that he was throwing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what that actually worked out. I haven't looked at the, you know, at uh, Brooks baseball or whatever, seen what uh, what the counts were for any particular pitch. If he if he really did cut back a bit, but you know, that's that's sort of as far as as <laughs> as you can go, I think, in terms of trying something that's different. I mean, you're you're there to to not. To not mess about and to not, you know, the, they got angry with him when he was doing the quick pitching, I think, a little bit earlier in the year. And I think Pat Henkin was talking about it on the radio interview that I, I, I quoted, you know, where it's just like, you know, don't don't think you're so good that uh, that that you're, I don't know, I forget what the actual quote was. It was better and I won't do it justice. But we, we've talked about it before. Yeah. That doesn't mean I'm going to remember what it is right now. <laughs> but, but, yeah. He, like, uh, yeah no, don't need to get cute. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I would expect, sort of, that one day we'll not in the too far distant future we'll look it back and be like, "Hey, remember when Marcus Stroman was struggling and we were worried about it?" Uh, that's funny. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, and- <laughs> but, but I, but yeah, I don't know. It sucks to watch him go out there and fuck. There's a lot of hard contact, and we and we. 
I don't want to... Roy Halliday was another guy who went crazy with efficiency and was like, I'm going to get ground balls, I'm going to get ground balls. And it wasn't until he really started to reintroduce strikeouts and reintroduce that sort of being able to go in for the kill. And and that that's when he really became the best pitcher in baseball, which is not an expectation for Marcus Stroman. But it's more like a man cannot live on... Yeah. On I think it maybe was an expectation alone. at some point. That's the dreaming on his crazy arsenal stuff, but yeah. Now it's just, <laughs> don't make us have to use fucking Drew Hutchison. Which I don't think we're anywhere near just yet. Well, until we start to, until the both Sanchez and Strowman innings <laughs> things become a thing. I don't know that Strowman's innings thing is going to become a thing. How can it not? At what point, like what, because he threw 120 innings two think, years ago? No, I think he's, I think he got up to 160. I think it's, he's one, I think he's 160 and Sanchez is 130. I don't know. They, if, they if, did push him back a start, so they are, or, you know, pushing back a day, uh, you know, flipped him in the Boston series. So obviously it's a thing they're considering as well. Uh, I doubt he'll get shut down. Anything else? <laughs> no. I think we need to stop this. This, yeah, is yeah. this is depressing. They've been so good. Marco Estrada. Let's talk about him some more. Estrada's been great. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Devin Travis <laughs> has been not great. No. Whatever. He's fine. Hap's had a couple of dogs lately, but he's been really good. It's almost like strikeouts are important. Yeah, strikeouts are kind of good. Strikeouts are good when you can get them, when you could go back to that well when the situation requires it. The number of balls in play in the average big league game is in such a steep decline. There's so many at bats that end in strikeouts right now that you have you almost like it's up it's an uphill fight. Mm-hmm. If you're a team that decides you're like we're gonna do this, there's a market inefficiency in guys who don't get strikeouts. It's like maybe there isn't. I think, maybe that's the market well, I mean, accurately think, reflecting the value of guys who don't get strikeouts. I mean, look at the Royals, right? People are like, oh, the Royals, they're run prevention. They had such great defense. It's like, And they still had, like, the, the bullpen struck everybody out. Yeah, yeah. People love strikeouts. Because they're fun. Yeah, well, I don't think they're going to magically materialize for this team. They're instead to strike out 12 Tigers. That was, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Yeah, and he's going to be in the bullpen in a month. They cannot. Do that. <laughs> you just said you were talking about the like Strowman running. Manage game. the innings. The bullpen is the worst. See, how I don't do you manage? The, I mean, how do you manage the innings with the dog shit that they have in the bullpen anyway? You know, like what? Really, you're gonna start handing games over in the sixth inning to that fucking disaster bullpen? No, don't manage. Like move them around. Today. Bring you Hutchison up. Skip yeah, him a couple starts, I'm sure, and I'm sure they will do that. And uh, they'll probably do that. I, that's the thing, I think, right? Yeah, like actually skip him, give him. 10 days off. Uh, I think they've talked about, you know, at the All-Star break, they're going to get creative with that. You know, maybe... Uh, Mystery DL stint or... Or not... Yeah, or not even. I don't know. Just, uh, you know, how many days off is that? That's like... That's three days off. It's four. Four. I yeah, I think it is yeah. four. Everyone's off. And, uh, you know, just, you know, use Hutchison the week before and the week after that and then magically Sanchez... Loses almost a month out of his season, almost. Not even close to that, but... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it'll, it'll be an interesting 
an interesting thing, especially now that they've made it public, right? That they're, I mean, I, I guess it it wouldn't have helped them to pretend that they they don't have an innings limit on him, but I don't know. Anything else? I think that's it. Yeah. Uh, do you have a part? If we do a parting shot, we brought them back last week. Oh, we did do that. Yeah, should we probably should. Yeah. Didn't think of one. Neither did I. I thought I had one. Yeah. Fuck it. I don't know. Cars, man. <laughs> I I'll my parting shot is uh, as a thank you to you. Uh, my friends were trying to get me to rearrange this because they're like, holy shit, Kenny Chesney is playing at the amphitheater. That'll be hilarious. We'll get drunk and watch country music. And I'm like, oh, sorry, guys. Gonna have to pass. Got a podcast here. Otherwise, might have been broing out with some has dudes anyone ever, in jorts. Has anyone ever died of irony <laughs> overload? Like, has there ever been so much irony in, in one person's day? Bo's trying. It sounds... <laughs> Uh, that does remind me a little bit. Uh, I guess that could be my parting shot. There's there were tonight. Uh, Steph Curry, uh, they released these new Steph Curry shoes that are like all white, and they look oh, yeah. kind of. They got a real dad shoe vibe. And there's a lot of people with bananas making these dad shoe jokes. And I was thinking about that today about dads, like the kind of footwear. Extend, no, well, but yes and no because my thing was like people were making these dad jokes, but I'm like. You know what? Like dad shoes are today, they're like Air Air Maxes because so many of so many. There's no such thing as like a dignified. Like no one goes into adulthood with any dignity anymore. We still we and I am as guilty of it as anyone <laughs> yeah. in the entire world. Like cling to our adolescence for so long because mm. I'm like, am I? Should I really be like still going to like <laughs> hardcore shows and fucking all ages venues or or going to see bands or doing going uh, for ironic. Kenny Chesney, <laughs> drunk, drinking cans of. I'm like, should 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 we get move on and like commit to being a terrible dad? There's somebody said something about L.A. being like L.A. right now. The city of L.A. is lousy with graying skater dads. And I was like, is it gonna is this gonna like spawn a generation? Like, what's the next generation gonna be like? Of all these, all ever a whole generation of parents were so dying to cling to their youth. It's. Well, it's it's a, it's a relatively new phenomenon, right? I mean, I don't think my my like my grandpa worked at a fucking hat factory when he was fourteen. You know, he <laughs> dropped out of fucking school. Uh, so there's not a lot of nostalgia points for for that. You're not well, but that's it. It's it's more like I think that it's less nostalgia now, where like baby boomers and hippies and stuff, clung, like I was at Woodstock, man. There was a lot more nostalgia where they stuck, stayed in that mode almost for for not long. But now I feel like the internet and the kind of hyperculture allows us to pretend that we're relevant or understanding <laughs> like today's culture in a way that betrays the fact that we're like corny old dads yeah. who don't really know what's going on. So it's it's, yeah, it's like the kind of fair. It's kind of bros you sit, <laughs> see sitting courtside at a Warriors game. Paying fifteen thousand dollars for seats and they're taking Snapchats of themselves, like hanging out courtside and wearing like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what's that? I can't. Think not of. not dad shoes. No, man. but like, but it is. It's like it's like the it's it's the non dad dad uniform. Yeah, right. And then all it's going to do is like push the kids further and further away. The kids are going to become 
Republican accountants as a reaction to their mm. parents who are like, yeah, man, I ride my skateboard to work <laughs> every day. I don't know. I worry. I wonder, I wonder yeah. if, like, should we just, I, I think. So then, so, uh, so then do you commit. become the Republican accountant just to spare future generations? That's, that's too much. That's well, like, Pat Oswalt has a bit about that. Where, it's, where like, don't tell, don't let your kids know that you do stuff like this. As opposed, the opposite of like, because then it's just, you're like that Steve Buscemi. Like, yeah. hello, fellow kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where you're trying to prove to your kids how cool you are all the time, but you're not cool. You're a dad. Yeah. You are those white ass shoes. <laughs> Watch it, NCIS. <laughs> Be that dad. Don't run from it. Except for me. Everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Run from it. I think that's that's probably about right. Cool tattoo dad. I want. <laughs> yeah. Playing bass in the basement. Instead of like the kids having the band set up in the basement, it's dad. Dad and the, the boys come over. They play the Chain of Strength 7-inch on, <laughs> on, the, on the, the equipment in the basement. Have a few beers. Complain about the prostates. <laughs> Maybe. That's what I'm talking about. Dad life. Is that, is that like, is it, you think it's like that everywhere? Is this an urban dad phenomenon? I don't know what the rural, rural cool dads are. No, like. I think rural like the rural dads are the guys who are like bringing dragging their kids had on I, dirt bikes. Had I, yeah, that's probably true too. Like that, not that's not true. not, not like that. not you're gonna break your neck on that thing. Like come on, let's go, <laughs> bro. It's gnarly. I don't know. It's sick. We're getting sick. Like dad chugging cans of Monster Energy drink <laughs> in the back of the eighty thousand dollar truck that he bought because he's a, he's a corporate accountant. Had I gone to see Kenny Chesney this evening, probably would have seen some of these dads. No doubt. No, those aren't cool dads. Those are never cool dads. <laughs> no, those are, no. Those, those are cool moms, actually. Okay. They'd be probably more cool moms of the Kenny Chesney show. Maybe. I don't even know. I saw some Snapchats from my aging dad <laughs> friends from the Kenny Chesney show. I can't believe that. <laughs> I had somebody say that because we, we were talking about Hopalong last week. Somebody was like, I checked out Hopalong. They were great. If you haven't, they're really good. They're on Saddle Creek. Awesome band. Love them. Love them to death. I'm going to see Thrice next week. Oh, nice. The dude, Riley. Riley, yeah. Yeah, dads. Dad rock. Dad rock fest. <laughs> All right, that's it. We've we've uh, alienated our many, many non-dad listeners. Or non-dad co-hosts. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. All right, have a great week. Uh, stupid Orioles are good. We'll talk to you next week on Birds All Day.